Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest in rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Nick Chino. I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate. It's Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? Hey, Nick. Hey, everybody. Before we get going tonight, uh, make sure you drop down. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you share this video. Make sure you comment on this video. If you're looking for us on the internet, you can go to Instagram. You can go to Facebook. You can go to Spotify. And, of course, on YouTube, if you're watching us right now, that's where we are. Um, lots of things to talk about this week, Nick. It's been a while. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been a couple of months since we had a new episode of the podcast. Of course, we had the, the holidays and everything going on there. And then, so things got kind of busy for everybody. But uh, it's a new year. It's a new year of rock music news. Uh, and so I, I'm pretty excited to kind of get things going again here on the podcast. I did do one video over the holidays where I talked about my uh, my favorite rock albums of 2021, uh, which was like my top 10. So in there, like, uh, I don't know if you saw David, like Weezer, I had uh, the Mags album, Mammoth WVH, Royal Blood, Biffy Clyro, Don Broco, obviously. Are there any, you know, we didn't get to have your thoughts. Were there any records that you really loved in 2021? Ooh. I know you love Don you Broco and Biffy as much as I do. The Don, honestly, my whole year was based around the Don Biffy and, and uh, uh, Don Broco and Biffy. Uh, I don't know. Well, at the end, it would, did the big wreck come out in January or December? I think it came out in December. That that December. big wreck seven point so one. The new big wreck uh, EP offering was really cool. Danko Jones had a good offering last year. Uh, who, else, who else? There's been so many, so many bands, yeah. man, that have put out good. Bands well, that we like the new of Foo course, Fighters record was great last year as well. There was a lot of a new lot of Foo really Fighters stuff. was great. Um, the Wolfgang stuff's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like the Mammoth stuff you mentioned is awesome. Like yeah, it's been a, it's been a good year for solid hard rock uh, fans for sure. Yeah, for sure. And the thing about about rock in 2021 is this is as strong as ever. It's not like it, people are always like, oh, rock is back. Well, rock never went anywhere. That's our yeah. motto here on the Rock Squad podcast. Yeah, it's not That's dead. It's not dead. very much alive. At least one hand out of the grave. You know? Yes, the zombie is reaching out of the ground and devouring whatever flesh that it can find, uh, whatever brains that it can feed on. That is rock and roll. Uh, right now so you can check out the uh, the best of 2021 video right now up on the channel but let's get to this week's rock squad podcast we're going to kick things off with some opening act topics which is some uh, rock music news some highlights that have happened in the last couple of weeks it's a new year lots of new things happening and our first opening act topic is that jimmy eat world and dashboard confessional have announced a co-headlining tour uh this is like kind of like our 2000s emo rock uh, tour of our dreams hitting the road. Uh, Jimmy Eat World and Dashboard have announced the 2022 co-headlining tour. Uh, it's going to kick off in Albuquerque, New Mexico on February 27th, and then wrapping up a month later in Texas. Uh, no Canadian dates announced for this tour, unfortunately, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. This is a pretty solid lineup. Like 2001 slash 2002, Nick is really stoked for this tour, even though I'm still a huge uh, Jimmy Eat World fan. Dashboard. You know, I've dabbled a little bit over the last decade and a half or so, but not really as much as Jimmy Eat World. But uh, yeah, 2001, uh, late high school, Nick is definitely into this tour. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's super cool tour. It's, uh, you know, nostalgia is always the thing uh, right now. You know, you got to gotta pull that back if you, if you have the opportunity to pull that back. And uh, both those bands are kind of coming into the, the prime of their maturity, you know, like they, they had their moment. And now they've had they've had some time to fill in the gap, and now like 
not many not many bands 20 years later are doing anything let alone putting out new music constantly and touring with other bands from 20 years ago so uh yeah good on them you know got to make the most of it i think it's a a perfect fit for uh for a tour for sure uh if you know if you had side bangs and dyed hair in the 2000s early 2000s then you're definitely going to be at this show i wish they were coming to canada but obviously uh with the pandemic and stuff right now we're kind of it, things are coming and then they're not coming so i'm not holding my breath for anything really I'm, I'm not holding my breath for things that are coming here let alone uh southern united states tours with uh emo bands from the 2000s but i think it's a great tour i think it's a it'll be a great show uh i myself and like you i haven't jumped deep into the dashboard confessional uh over the last like you know maybe last eight nine years um but uh you know they're one of those bands that i was never huge on anyways there were always like songs here and there that i'm like oh that's a cool song that's a cool song um but uh yeah i'm sure chris is going to bring the goods they'll have a really good full band and of course uh the arsenal of songs that jimmy eat world have it's going to be one hell of a concert for sure well i was i was really heavy into dashboard uh in in high school and like grade 12 oac grade 13 to people who uh, who don't live in ontario i was really into dashboard during those years uh really into playing screaming infidelities and uh the best deceptions and all those songs uh, saints and sinners or is that the one i don't know yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> all those songs. that record was great it was a great record the places you've come to fear the most is a great uh, dashboard record yeah with jimmy i've definitely followed their career much more consistently over the last uh, two decades, ever since Bleed American was kind of their breakthrough in 2001. And unfortunately, yeah, we can't go see this tour ourselves, but Jimmy World recently did put all those Phoenix sessions that they did uh, last year. They put those up on YouTube. They did Clarity, they did Futures, they did their most recent album, Surviving, all three albums in full. Those were live streams that people had to pay for last year, but then this year they decided to put them up for free on YouTube. And the sound quality and production quality of those uh, of those uh, those shows was just fantastic. So watching those on YouTube, hey, we can't go see them down in the states with dashboard, but I guess that's the next best thing. Yeah, those shows were awesome. I uh, I recently just binged uh, all three. I think it's the three concerts, the Arizona sessions. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're amazing. It's a, it's a, it's them running through records that they probably haven't played all the way through in forever. And uh, yeah, the the production value is so good on it. The sound is so good on it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward, you know, if, if the pandemic does go the way it seems like it's never ending, <laughs> I would love to see more of those things from more of the bands I love, uh, especially when you get to be creative, it could really take the place of the music video, which has kind of gone to the shitter in the last, you know, 20 years, it really hasn't meant what it used to mean. So maybe now, uh, performance videos can be, can be viewed at the same kind of, you know, interactive level as the music video used to be. Yeah, for sure. And when, when it comes to bands like Jimmy Eat World, you know, you know, I are kind of similar in our musical tastes and a lot of the bands that we like, uh, there's a lot of Canadian bands we love, but then there's a lot of American bands and, and UK bands that we love. Uh, we got Don Broco tickets coming up in April. So uh, we want to be able to see those bands that don't come around quite as often as much as we want to see the bands that we do see. You know, we saw Big Wreck and Danko back in the fall, so we did get a good dose of rock and roll, but it would be nice to see those those touring bands from further away make their way up here again, uh, despite COVID just ruining everything all the time. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> 
like shit. That's what we have to say about that. Let's get to our next opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast, and that is Muse are releasing their new single called Won't Stand Down. Uh, it's their first new single since 2018's album Simulation Theory, which is a great record. Um, and the uh, song is typical Muse. It's got those great operatic vocals from Matt Bellamy doing his thing mixed together with a super heavy riff, which was super cool. Uh, no word on when the whole album's going to come out, but the band's going to be playing a bunch of live dates in Europe later this year. And then we should hear some more news about the, uh, the album from which won't stand down uh, is the, uh, is the lead off track. And uh, the video was kind of creepy for this song, Dave, other than that, uh, the, the actual song was really cool. I, I like Muse. I'm not a huge Muse diehard fan. I enjoy them. Uh, and I thought this was kind of on the on the upper echelon of their singles that they put out in the last couple of years. I think one of my favorite songs they put out uh, maybe in the last five or six years was Reapers, which came from the oh. Jones record, I believe, in 2015, which combines similar elements, which is, the, like I was saying, those operatic vocals with then this huge punishing riff, which is what music are so good at. Um, and I think this is a really cool song. What did you make of uh, Won't Stand Down? I loved Won't, Won't Stand Down. I'm a huge Muse fan. Um, I Yeah, you know, they, they, they do have a formula, I feel, that can kind of burden a band sometimes, uh, where, you know, like you said, it's, it, it is a typical Muse song, but I also feel like they kind of stepped up the heavy a little bit in this new single. The video is creepy as hell. <laughs> and uh, I watched it with my four-year-old kids today. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Sent them to bed, so we'll see how long they're in. Nightmare fuel, but, man. Uh, yeah, it was nightmare fuel for sure. Uh, but yeah, very, very cool song. Uh, definitely has all the elements that you're expecting from a new song. I, I, I'm always surprised that they're not backed into a corner or run out of material when they play that style where, you know, like, let's be honest, like Muse is probably the best um, drop band. Like they're they know how to do drops, like you know how like EDM music those cut out yeah. and like the drop the beat. Like they do, they do that and like change it up to halftime better than anybody. Right. So um, I definitely feel that uh, maybe fans of of the band wouldn't mind having a really aggressive, heavy heavy record. And I kind of feel like that's what we're shaping up for. Little less uh, orchestra, little more uh, double kick pedal, and uh, you know. Move, moving and grooving so i'm interested i love the band i've traveled all over all over north america america to see them play i would do it again they're fantastic one of the best live bands ever so yeah i can't wait it should be good yeah i enjoy muse like i was saying they're not one of my favorites but i i do enjoy the band i think from from my perspective as a singer i found them a little bit hard to uh a little bit hard to reach because uh matt bellamy does have that crazy good look uh, voice, which is amazing, but it's not exactly the kind of stuff that you can really sing along to uh, in the car, which is kind of always a barometer for me of how much I, I enjoy a band. Uh, I can, at, at the best of times, maybe sing along with Muse. You know, I, I feel like I can pull it off from time to time, uh, but it is a little bit impenetrable as far as I can tell, like in terms of melodies and, and some of the lyrical content and some of the songs. As much as I love them, the thing I do enjoy about them is what they did and Won't Stand Down, which is adding in these huge riffs, uh, these punishing riffs, which is something that I really enjoy uh in my in my rock these days so that was uh that was cool no word on what the album's going to be but still exciting i think this is a great opening track despite the nightmare fuel for your kids and uh and everything mm -hmm. like that but otherwise very very cool track from muse and uh, i'm digging it looking forward to the new record 
Yeah, they'll get over it. Yeah, the, the kids, yeah, whatever. They, when they grow up, they're like, Daddy, the video, what did you show I'm us? Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. It's, it's no Peppa Pig, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, Peppa Pig, that's opening up a whole other can of worms. All right, so let's get to our next opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast is that Coheed and Cambria have announced their new album, Vaxis 2. A Window of the Waking Mind is coming out on May the 27th. This is the follow-up to 2018's Vaxis which was another entry in their Amory Wars storyline, which runs through the majority of their records. Uh, this one's going to feature 13 brand new Coheed tracks, including the already released singles, Shoulders and Rise, Naya Nasha. Uh, are we excited for this new album uh, from, from Coheed, Dave? Like, I think for me, like Shoulders, which was one of the songs they released last year, was one of my favorite kind of heavy rock tracks of 2021. Super catchy, super cool. Uh, I love Coheed. Sometimes I find their music to be a little bit, a little bit a little bit impenetrable we were talking about muse being like that a little bit too with with coheed their their music's very lyrical it's very proggy it has a tendency to sound a little bit samey in spots to me so i've never really been into them as an album band but there's always been a handful of songs that i like from every album they put out that uh that have always appealed to me so i do really really dig coheed what do you think of this this news about the new record yeah well you know i've been following the amory Rose forever and uh I, I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, I couldn't tell you plot lines of, of the stories of the album. Yeah, me neither. There are definitely some uh, some great three, four, five-minute prog rock, pop rock, prog rock, whatever you want to call it, uh, in, in their catalog. And uh, I'm sure, just like all their other records, there's going to be at least a handful of really riffy, really heavy, um, other ballad, or just a straight up prog uh, masterpiece out of Kohi. They never disappoint, really. You know? Yeah, no, they're they're a great band. And Claudio Sanchez, like in terms of his vocals and his lyrics and his melodies, it's pretty insane what he's able to do. And they they combine sugary uh pop emo kind of melodies with these heavy these heavy riffs and they've managed to keep evolving we talk about different bands we just talked about muse which i would consider muse and coheed to be kind of in the same general genre because they they're both those proggy kind of bands with huge riffs and then huge vocals as well um with coheed the way they write melodies is great but then sometimes it's kind of hard to get into and maybe hard to distinguish uh certain melodies from from certain songs uh, that's just how it is for me aside from like we're saying a couple of key tracks that they release on every album when i think about shoulders which is the first single they released from this record that's just a huge radio single it's got that huge chorus but then some of their songs it takes a little bit more to get into the melodies it takes a little bit more digging to really kind of get what they're going for if you know what i mean they always have their oh, singles yeah. But then with their records, they're always a really dense band. There's always a really lot to, a lot to listen to with Coheed. Yeah. Well, I'm the most exciting part of this new one is the uh, age-old question of does the power of the band lie in Claudio's hair yeah. will be answered? Because I think I saw a picture not too long ago, and he seems to have cut off his wild locks that he's had forever. So uh, who knows? This could be the one that... that <laughs> and sinks the ship and it was all it was all the hair the whole time but uh yeah we'll see man i think it's i think it's gonna be cool like i said there's probably gonna be five songs four or five songs that are uh really good hard rock proggy um you know they're they're masterpieces man like when you get into that kind of prog rock where it's uh you know it's almost like a orchestra but it's not and Mm -hmm. all 
or it is sometimes, you know, they go, they go all out. So it's, uh, I'm sure it'll be a beautiful sounding record, but, uh, yeah, I've had some, I've had some trouble in the past with certain tunes, uh, sounding too similar to other tunes. Um, you know, I, I find that with a lot of, uh, prog and, uh, heavier artists, you know, like we could get into a, a metal discussion right now where I wouldn't even, you know, you could play me 10 songs and I'd be like, they're the same band. I have no idea. So right. that happens to me too with, uh, certain certain styles of metal and certain styles of hard rock but um yeah i'm looking forward to it see see where it goes i'm sure there'll be a good love ballad in there there's going to be a good uh good versus evil song mm -hmm. so uh yeah i'm looking forward to it <laughs> i have everything well the thing from from, from a writing perspective uh, you know we, we write our own songs but we're much more uh streamlined uh just kind of uh meat and potatoes compared to coheed and cambria they are so elaborate with their songwriting and their arranging and the guitars and everything on there always blows my mind i can't even imagine what it takes to put together a coheed song because they're so intricate uh from everything from every aspect of what they're laying down on record what they do live is so intricate and just so uh meticulous uh so it's it's interesting to to kind of see what their process is i went down a little bit of a coheed hole uh, a couple of months ago, just watching all their live stuff on YouTube. And there are oh, some yeah. songs like we're saying that are hard to get into, but they do also have some really great songs uh, that, uh, that stand up to any of the, of the great rock that's being released right now. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I can't wait. Looking forward to the new record from Coheed and Cambria coming out on May the 27th, Vaxis 2. Uh, let's get to our final opening act topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast. And that is Rip Ronnie Spector, rest in peace, the lead singer of classy, classic 60s soul and pop group The Ronettes has passed away at the age of 78, known for singles like Be My Baby and Baby I Love You. Ronnie was, of course, an artist in her own right. And then, of course, her marriage to uh, Phil Spector led to a string of, heat, of hits using his signature wall of sound. What, uh, what do we think about the death of Ronnie Spector, Dave? This is a pretty big blow to the music industry. Yeah, man, everybody loves Ronnie Spector and uh, she, she'll be uh, sadly missed, you know, like uh, there's only a few there's only a few of those legends around still. And uh, to, to lose another one, it really uh, it really sucks, especially somebody who's had such success with songwriting and, and uh, just moving the needle. And like, you know, she's a woman. There's there's so many levels to why uh, she's awesome. Uh, it's very sad, but um you know, some, some of the cool stuff that's happened since she's passed is people have been showing uh, a lot of pictures from the past. And I saw a great picture the other day of her playing at like a bowling alley and uh, Jimi Hendrix is her guitar player. So wow. it's like, you know what I mean? That's so it's cool. like, yeah. You know, so it is very sad that she passed away, but then, uh, you know, for fans of hers and her family and friends and stuff, I'm, I'm sure it's very exciting to start to see all these pictures that are like resurfacing after years and years. Yeah, for sure. And the thing about it that's interesting too, I was reading online that with the Ronettes uh, in comparison to some of the other girl groups that are around at the time, the Ronettes weren't afraid to be a little bit racy, to be a little bit sexy. So when they went on stage, they would wear tighter dresses and some of the other girl groups, they would hike up their skirts a little bit more and just, uh, and just kind of be themselves a little bit more, be sexy, have fun. Uh, and that's a reputation that they were able to get in, in addition to be this incredible vocal group, these incredible singers. And then when you think about a song like Be My Baby, which has that, dun, 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 tsh, dun, 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 tsh, you know, and that huge wall of sound for Phil Spector. And I don't want to give too much props to, to Phil Spector because he was kind of a douchebag. Uh, so obviously he created Isn't he a that. murderer. Like, yeah, let's love it. A murderer. 
a little bit, a little bit of a douchebag, especially uh, to Ronnie. So I uh, don't want to give too much credit to him. He created the wall of sound, but really it was her voice uh, and right. the sound of the Ronettes that really made that song what it was and made them one of the the, the most iconic '60s pop groups. So, uh, and as from a singer's perspective too, like just her voice was incredible, and the, the clarity of what you heard on her records was amazing. Right. Uh, and I, you know, to be honest, I I haven't dug too much into the Ronettes material aside from that kind of those 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 core hits that they had in the '60s, but. Uh, you know, I do enjoy a lot of Motown, a lot of soul. That's always been one of my favorite genres. And the Ronettes has always been in those playlists. So uh, oh, yeah. we missed. She was uh, an incredible, uh, incredible artist. Totally, man. Yeah, totally. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to Ronnie Spector. So those are our opening act topics for this week's Rock Squad podcast. So let's get to this week's headliner topic, which is the big one uh, in rock music news this week. And that is the Foo Fighters have released their new Studio 666 trailer. Uh, the Foos have given us our first real look at their new uh, upcoming horror movie that's going to be coming out at the end of February. This one uh, definitely gives a, l- a look at the storyline of the movie, showing us the band moving into a creepy old mansion to make their new record, which was Medicine at Midnight, which came out last year. Uh, and then it looks like Dave Grohl is possessed by like some sort of demon or something and carnage ensues. Uh, the movie looks like a, a lot of fun and it's going to continue kind of the hot streak that the Foo Fighters have been on for the last year. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny, Dave, because, you know, you never know when musicians want to try and act. You never know if that's going to be something that could, uh, that could be, could be great or it could be horrible. And with Dave Grohl with the Foo Fighters, They've always had that fun theatrical side to them. We've talked about it before on the show about their music videos, how they've never been afraid to have fun uh, tongue-in-cheek music videos like Learn to Fly or Everlong. They've also had serious music videos. Uh, but this definitely leans more into the uh, pop culture, the, the fun side of the band that they've always had. Uh, I find it super interesting that they managed to film their own horror movie on the down low while simultaneously making uh, a record, doing a, uh, a Bee Gees tribute record, making a touring documentary, writing a book, uh, releasing a TV series with his mom. Uh, what else did Dave Grohl do last year in addition to making his own movie? And it looks legit. Like we're both big movie fans. Like we know what a great movie looks like. We've seen plenty of great films uh, and we, we, we know what we like when we want to see a great movie. We love the Foo Fighters. We love great movies. And this looks like legit. The special effects look great. It looks like the band are having a lot of fun and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, like they're like the only band that that has the time to make a, a movie about them making a fake music or like a, a fake album. Like they're right. not even making albums now. They're making fictional stories about them making albums yeah. into albums. Um, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And I, I think I don't know too much. Like I have seen the trailer, uh, but from what I've seen of the trailer, it kind of looks like they're in the Houdini house, which is owned by Rick Rubin. Yeah. Uh, which was made famous when uh, the Chili Peppers did Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It seems like that's the house that they're in from, just from being a music fan and seeing documentaries and stuff, that first shot of the house, kind of the white house with the thing. And it would make sense. You know, they're all in the same circle, living in the same town. So uh, it does look very interesting. Uh, In the preview, there are some cool cameos. I think I saw Whitney Cummings in one of the, one of the things. And uh, you know, anytime, you're playing with Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, and uh, they call upon old Satan. 
you know that Jack Black isn't far behind. So right. I'm sure that there's going to be some pretty pretty interesting cameos in this uh, horror flick. And horror is a fun genre because you can be tongue in cheek and it can be cheesy and silly and still be entertaining. So uh, if anyone's going to be able to pull it off or have the budget to pull it off, it's definitely going to be the Foo Fighters. Uh, so, you know, I'm guessing that the house is haunted by the ghost of Lenny. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, I don't know. I'm down, man. Like these, these guys, what else can they be doing? Right. Like, you know, like they haven't toured in two years. So like make a movie. Why not? You're already in Hollywood. Make it, make a movie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fantastic that they've made the most of their time uh, during the pandemic. And we as fans have been benefiting it from, from it all because we've just been on this steady stream of, uh, of Foo Fighters awesomeness over the last year or so, starting with the Medicine at Midnight record, which came out about a year ago. It came out in February 2021. And that was, again, you know, in addition Very to- good record. Yeah, it was a great record. Like other than doing all these other creative things, they made a really great record, probably their best album in, in, in about a decade. So, and it's just the thing is with Foo Fighters, like what else can they do uh, that they haven't already done? They're probably the biggest rock band on the planet. They just made a movie. They made a documentary. Dave Grohl wrote a book. Uh, they did a, a Bee Gees thing. There's so many things that they've done. It's hard to see what else they can do, but I'm excited to see what else that could happen for them because sure. uh, the sky's the limit. And, and you know, the, for me, as long as the music's good, then I think it justifies them doing all these other things. And they've they've been doing a lot of other uh, media related things other than just the records, right? When we think back to Sonic Highways, yeah. we think back to the documentary series they did for that. We think about Sound City. We think about yeah. all the different things. But the important thing and the thing that still makes me a huge fan of the band is that they've never stopped making music during this whole time. They've been uh, they've been doing both, and it's incredible that they can they can balance being the Foo Fighters with their they're all family men. They all have families. They have kids. They have wives. Uh, and they managed to make it happen. So that's really cool. I did see, uh, I recently saw that there's a documentary about Scream, like the, the his first the band. band. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I feel like he's involved in that too. I feel like um, Roswell, like records or something, like funded the, uh, the documentary on Scream. Yeah. So yeah, lots of stuff, man. Even, even stuff he hasn't been in in 40 years. Right. Is, uh, you know, he's got his hand in everything. And I don't know, yeah. Dave, Dave Grohl, I've been saying to people that Dave Grohl's the, the rock and roll puff daddy. No, 100%. He's a right? local man. He's making it happen. Well, dude, and like even the story, right? Like uh, him and his friend, they make it big together. His friend dies. He right. goes out on his own. Dave yeah. Grohl's puff daddy, man. I know. They're the same person. I've never seen them in the same room together. So um... you, know, you never know. Right. So exciting. So Studio 666, the new horror movie from Foo Fighters comes out uh, in theaters uh, on February 25th. Theaters are closed here in Ontario. So I hope they're open by then. If not, hopefully there's a VOD release simultaneously with the theaters. Getting a full release. Like, is it getting like a nationwide release? I, I, you know what? I imagine it'll be a combination. I can't, I, I can't see them putting it out in theaters without there being a digital release at the same time. Um, yeah. I feel like that would be that would make the most sense, but we'll see. I feel like whatever Kevin Smith does with movies is what they should do. Kevin Smith seems to have a handle on the uh, under twenty million dollar movie and how to release it. Yeah. So uh, whatever whatever Kevin Smith does, that's how they should handle this. I, I just hope, yeah, I hope they put it out on on video on video on demand so you can just rent it or whatever, buy it, 
right away instead of uh, worrying about the theaters, right? Because it's just, uh, that's a whole other mess. So right on. Looking forward to the new Foo Fighters documentary, not documentary, movie, theatrical, a real movie coming out in February. Those are our topics for this week's Rock Squad podcast. We're going to wrap things up. Before we do, we'll get to our tracks of the week. A couple of songs that we've been listening to uh, in the world of rock. And for me, there's a couple of them, nothing really new, kind of some older songs uh, from, you know, about five or six, ten years ago. Uh, Rival Sons, you want to. Been listening to a lot of Rival Sons, watching a lot of Rival Sons videos on YouTube. Fantastic rock and roll band. Been listening to them a lot. And then we were talking about Big Wreck earlier. Uh, been listening to them a lot too. And a song from the Albatross album in 2012, been listening to uh, Head Together. So those are my rock uh, uh, squad tracks of the week. What do you got, Dave? Well, we were talking earlier about Jimmy going on the road with Dashboard Confessional. I'm going to go back to Spider-Man 3 with the song, I think, I think it was Spider-Man 3, uh, Vindicated by uh, Dashboard Confessional. That's a cool rocky song. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be playing it on that tour. Uh, and then a band that we haven't talked about yet, but I'm sure it'll come up in uh, future episodes, is it's the 25th anniversary of Freak Show by Silverchair. Nice. And uh, so I've been digging deep into Silverchair. Uh, I watched a bunch of live stuff today. So I'm going to suggest Freak by Silverchair and Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. Nice. I dig it. We're both going old school this week. So those are our rock squad tracks of the week. And that is it for the rock squad podcast. We are back. It's 2022 and we have a whole year of awesome rock news and rock music to look forward to. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on social media at uh, rock squad pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at the walking Nick and you can follow the band at fools union. Where can the folks follow you, Dave? You can follow me Facebook. You can follow me Instagram. Uh, redcoastrecords.ca I'm everywhere buddy hey we're back it's a new year we're back before you click off this video make sure you drop down you subscribe to the channel you like the video you make a comment you post a little review we see them we read them we'll never acknowledge but we see them (laughs) (laughs) I I hop in the comments all the time come on Right on. Um, We'll see you guys again for another episode of the Rock Squad podcast. You good, Dave? I'm good. Rock on, Nick. Rock on, everybody.